Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. Unlike Tony Pollard, the Dallas Cowboys franchise running back Saquon Barkley has not signed his franchise tender, and so he is not under contract to the New York Giants, which means he will not be with the team when they report to training camp because he's not under contract. I don't believe that we're going to see him at any point this summer, maybe later this summer, right before the opener, but there's no incentive for Saquon Barkley to report to the team when he doesn't believe the team made him an offer that he felt was acceptable. Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Oh, you know what this has turned into, Hunter Hughes? It has turned into the life of a running back just now of in in uh, in broader terms running back who's not under contract right now mm-hmm. and uh, and that's Saquon Barkley that was Adam Schefter on Sports Center uh, just a couple of hours ago it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu that's Hunter Hughes I'm Josh Pacheco thanks so much for taking us along let's 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 take this down a couple of layers because the uh, franchise tag deadline was uh, was at 10 a.m. this morning, and several players, uh, Saquon's not the only one, uh, Josh Jacobs with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, also did not sign his franchise tag, so he, not under contract, and we'll see what happens with him as we get close to the uh, to the regular season, but this one seems like it hurts uh, a, a little bit more, but, but who does it hurt for more? Uh, does it hurt more for the Giants because they're without one of the best running backs in the game? Or does this hurt more for Saquon Barkley? Because the more he sits out, it feels like the value decreases. Who, who does it hurt for more? Yeah, I I don't really... Hmm. Right now, it feels like Saquon is, is hurting more than the Giants are. But therein lies the problem. I, I think... If you don't sign Saquon Barkley, you are devaluing your brand mm-hmm. of the New York Giants. You cannot tell me Daniel Jones is more valuable than Saquon Barkley. Definitely not. It's not even close. However, if you were to ask an NFL executive in today's day and age, the way that they view football, they would probably say he's actually... 10 times more valuable. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not about to go into a risky um, contract negotiation period where we might not have our QB1. We're, we'd much rather just have a plug-and-play running back than do this sort of thing with Saquon Barkley, which, honestly, Josh, is a travesty. Mm-hmm. Come on. He... it. it at the at the worst, he's top five in the league. At the best, he might even be number two, ooh, or who, number three. Who, who would you put ahead of him? Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Oh, of course. <laughs> just, um, just making sure we're on the right page. I, I'm I'm just I'm trying to think of who who else out there is better than him, and I can't think of anybody. Th- that's what I mean. And then on on a healthy basis, maybe when he's Dalvin King Cook. Henry, or yeah. Um, I'd still put Dalvin Cook behind behind Saquon. The, the, there, there, there. You yeah. have the argument right there. Yeah. The, the fact that they are willing to, it, it's it's almost like the Lamar situation, like last year. Like, how, how are you going to do it? Do that to this guy who has proved that he's worth the money, has proved that you give him the ball and your team not only wins but it's it's easier for you because he 
doesn't fumble the ball a whole lot. Uh, he sh- certainly doesn't throw interceptions like a QB does. Uh, to, to me, it's pretty much plug and play, and you have one, one of the best return on investments with uh, a f- early first-round draft pick with him. See, you say this hurts Saquon a little bit more, and I, I think it hurts everybody. Because mm. um, I, I, I agree with your point to a, to a different degree. Um, does this hurt the Giants brand? Kind of. Does this hurt the Giants' chances of winning? Absolutely. I said, I think last year, I don't remember when I said it, but I had said that if you're going to franchise one of those two, it's got to be Daniel Jones. Be- and, and I said the same thing about the Cowboys. When there was a question about, well, do you, uh, um, you know, who do you take care of? Do you take care of Ezekiel Elliott or do you take care of Dak Prescott? Mm. And I said at that point in time, I would take care of, of Zeke before I take care of Dak. And the reason why I would take care of Zeke before Dak is because Dak Prescott is not the same without Ezekiel Elliott. He is not the same even without Tony Pollard. It's not the same. Yeah. Um, that offense needs to take pressure off of Dak. And I believe the same thing here with the Giants. Oh, yeah. Without Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones is the definition of average. Oh, my gosh. Um, and, and that and that might be harsh. But he's, he's – I don't he's, think that's harsh. He's got wheels, sure. But is he a top five passer in the league? No. No. Um, is he a top five mobile quarterback in the league? close, but he's not a top 10 quarterback overall. How do you do this to your number one jersey seller, too? Mm. Yeah. See, what? This, this is hard. I I, I get, and, and we'll touch on this in, in a little bit, because, and, and I want to save it for, for the next segment because it is the, the life and death of the running back position that is – you know, ultimately now coming into play because, you know, we're talking about several running backs that have been franchise tagged and have decided not to sign their franchise tag um, and become free agents. Well, not free agents, but just to not have contracts mm. um, and then either just kind of sit out or wait to come to an agreement. Um, but sometimes I think teams, when they do this, they think less about the long-term result and I think they think, you know, more about the short-term side of it. The short-term being, okay, you know, we're going to pay a running back X amount when realistically, you know, our job is to win. And in New York, yeah. New York, well, the Jets have owned the back pages because the Jets have just been awful. But it's not like the Giants haven't been there. And uh, I mean, the Giants did win a playoff game last year, but it's not like it's not like the New York Football Giants have been great at football I don't think you're great at football with Matt Breda as your RB1 no you're you're at best number two and that that's that's on a down year for the Cowboys Mm -hmm. you're not hanging with the Eagles without Saquon Barkley right and without Saquon Barkley sorry uh Dallas is going to eat you guys up and Washington is knocking at your door as well yeah like he is by far your stud. I, I I don't even under I don't understand this in the slightest. Remember we talked about I think it was last week when we were talking about teams to watch in the NFC East. That's who, right. Who we picked? It might have been a week and a half ago, and I said New York. I felt like with Saquon, yeah, they're a wild card team. 
I could have put them above Dallas with Saquon. That's right. They were knocking at the door last year. They were right up there, and their coach got uh, coach of the year. Right. I just, I, I, I don't see them. I, I think you're right. I think I would put Washington ahead um, of the New York Giants right now as this stands. I think the other. I, I, I do think at some point Saquon Barkley will play, just like I think Tony Pollard's going to play at some point. Josh Jacobs is going to play. Like all these guys at some point will realize, and this is the hard thing about the franchise tag. And one, one thing I think is detrimental to the system. It is more often than not, it is catered to the team and not to the player. Um, the team now holds all the power. I mean, Saquon Barkley could, I mean, he, he doesn't have to go to OTAs. No. And he's not going to get punished for it. And honestly, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm him, why would I do that? Yeah. If the team's doing the, the the other thing to me, Josh, I'm a little unfamiliar with the uh, the calendar when it comes to the NFL. Mm. What were they doing all summer? I think proving that it wasn't important, but I, I they they did offer him something last November. They wanted to he, give him the franchise tag, right, for one year. Well, it well no, in November they offered an actual contract. And I think he said no to it. Okay. And then there was another one, I think, recently, and um, I think he felt like that wasn't good enough either. And, and look, I, I don't have a problem with players who believe that if a contract does not meet your value and if you say no to it when there is a, the ability to say no, that I have zero problem with that. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, the only thing that the player has any leverage of is how long he can sit out without getting fined. And that's OTAs. I mean, once you get to games, um, you start getting fined for, or, you know, missing missing game checks. Which, by the way, if technically, if technically these guys don't have contracts, how can you find them? I, I don't, that's a great question. <laughs> I mean, If rights, I don't have a contract, how am I still an employee? I mean, their rights do, you know, go to the team still. But can you really charge a game check? So, and that's what I mean, is is the franchise tag was created to protect the team, but not necessarily protect the player. And that's why you see instances where these players say, well, you know, no, I, I you know, a, a, ma- a deal that maxes out at $14 million per season. No, that's not good enough. And that's what was offered to him uh, earlier in the year. And, and uh, according to Jordan Renani, ESPN's uh, Giants writer, he says the sticking point was guaranteed money and structure, and it never got close. I don't, I don't blame him. But again, to the to the point of leverage, if you're a play, if you're Saquon Barkley, and you start missing games, it comes back on you in a way. It does right? in the same way that it that negative uh, flack fell on. Uh, Lamar Jackson towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. People wondering just how hurt he was and question his loyalty and all that kind of stuff. You it, see, I don't think it's that, though. I think when you're behind, I mean, sure, you might be working out on your own, but, okay, let's say you, you come to an agreement after the week one game is done. Well, how long is it going to take for you to be ready in game shape? Are you going to miss game two? Um, you know, because you're not ready, you're going to have limited carries, is, you know, your best bet in week three. Like, if you're not with the, you can work out on your own, but it's not the same. I think game shape is one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, chemistry with the team is something different. Yes. So, 
I I think he could be game ready shape tomorrow. Okay. I, I think at that level, uh, everybody's a professional. They handle their business whenever they leave. Uh, they eat the right things. Like the, you're expected to hold to a certain standard because you're hey you're you're an NFL running back. Uh, I don't have any worry about him there. He he's been a specimen since before he went to Penn State. Um, the the side that you need to be around for are the meetings, are the communications with Daniel Jones, with the OC, with your running backs coach. That's the kind of stuff that when you do sit out and you're not a part of, it's tough to be on page with what's going on. Um, Tony Pollard did sign uh, on his franchise tender that's $10.091 million for running backs. Um, so that's what they put on him. The other guys, uh, Saquon Barkley, uh Josh Jacobs both did not. I, I think something that we can get into a little bit later on, the value of the running back, which I mm-hmm. think is um, – I think the the bigger part of this conversation, we've heard some running backs on social media actually um, start to address this. Last running back, by the way, to miss a season was Le'Veon Bell. That's right. Remember that from uh, – I want to say it was 18 uh, when, when Bell – yeah, it was, when he missed the entire year. As he, you know, he didn't have a Sat contract out. he liked. Um, and ironically, he came out last week and said if he were to do it over again, he wouldn't have sat out. Really? Yep. I, I get it. Um, but I, I again, I, I see more the player side than I do the team side. And that's and that's the hard thing about these franchise tags. I I, I think it is so one sided, but we know the league does want to cater more to its owners than it and, and its teams rather than their players. I mean there there is there's anything the league is consistent on, it's that. Yes. Uh, we'll talk about the the fate of the running back position, how this kind of leads into that that's coming up. It is off the bench. Hunter and Josh starting your week here on ESPN Honolulu. Coming up in uh, about an hour and 15 minutes, Preston Talmu is going to join us. Um, let's just say he had a pretty good weekend. Yes. <laughs> he made his commitment uh, to Nebraska, uh, picked Nebraska over Oregon and other schools. Uh, we're going to talk with Preston coming up uh, 4.30 this afternoon here on ESPN Honolulu. That's Hunter Hughes. I'm Josh Pacheco. We're off the bench. Uh, we've been talking about the running back position, especially with you know guys like Saquon Barkley and um, uh, Tony Pollard getting the franchise tag, and it seems like well, we had six franchise tags by the way, just for um, just just to clean up the uh, the facts on it. Three guys did not um, did not get a long term deal. Tony Pollard got um, his tender of ten point oh million. Um, Evan Ingram. Got a long-term deal out of it. Yep. Uh, Lamar Jackson is maybe the most notable from this class. Five years, $260 million, and Deron Payne from Washington got his. But one of the things that a lot of people are talking about here is they are talking about the value of the running back. Um, and several running backs, I think, are you know expressing this frustration pretty openly. Yeah. I will. I'll give you a couple, uh, and and some of this I'll I'll note. Matt Miller, who's an NFL draft scout, works for ESPN Television, has said this on Twitter. "Quote: Been saying it for years. One, draft a running back. Two, play the running back. Dot dot dot. 
if he's good, dot, dot, dot. Three, franchise tag the running back one time, dot, dot, dot. And then, dot, 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 one draft the running back. So he's basically saying, go through those three steps and then cycle over again. And some running backs seeing that um, disagree. Austin Eckler, and I quote, this is the kind of trash that has artificially devalued one of the most important positions in the game. Everyone knows it's tough to win without a top running back, and yet they act like we are discardable widgets. I support any running back doing whatever it takes to get his bag. The other notable one is one of the best to do it in this league, and that's Derrick Henry. That's right. Um, and I, I realize now, uh, I left Derrick Henry out of my top two. I guess, uh, who, who did I say was... You know, let me That's rearrange. Okay. Let me rearrange my rankings. Yep. How did I leave out Derrick Henry? Shame on me. Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley. Yep. I think that's fair. Hate mail later. <laughs> I get it. Derrick Henry said, and I quote: "At this point, just take the running back position out of the game. Then the ones that want to be great and work as hard as they can to give." Uh, they're all to an organization just seems like it doesn't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. You hear that and you think what? Uh, I, I, I feel for these guys. I really do. You know, Derrick Henry speaking out. Derrick Henry, I'm, I'm just thinking right now, he's the last running back to have won the Heisman. That's right. And we're going on seven years. Oh wow! Think about that. We're we're wow. we're touching on a shift in the game right now, where it was almost every other year you could go QB running back, QB running back, and now, um, you know the the NFL is is shifting its um it's theology if you will josh like the, the way that the whole thing is constructed on how they are trying to create success and um it, it looks totally different now uh, offensives that that you, you think of are the most explosive in the league the the chiefs the bills the 49ers all of those teams use dynamic play calling and um plug and play guys and you know we mentioned christian mccaffrey one of his greatest assets is his ability to run passing routes and catch the ball out of the backfield. Right. If you're not doing that as a running back, NFL executives have a hard time seeing your value. Um, gone are the days. Honestly, Derrick Hen Derek Henry might be an anomaly that we don't get the pleasure of seeing. Not since Frank Gore. That's right. Or before that, Eddie George. Remember Eddie oh, George? Right. Yep, I do. Uh, he's a big 6'3 running back from Ohio State. Um same sort of style. Both played for Tennessee. That's right. Um, we're we're unfortunately. I I, I asked you this before the break. If you were to take a poll with NFL executives, what is more valuable, a top five running back or a Pro Bowl offensive lineman? A top five running back or a Pro Bowl offensive lineman? Um, boy. Clearly didn't think about this when he asked me during okay. the break. Um, you know, it depends on the team. I, I and I, I don't say that as a cop out answer because that's kind of where I fall on the running back side. Mm. Like I get, we had this conversation before the show. 
I get why teams kind of think about you know devaluing a running back when he is. I I usually use age twenty eight because yeah. I think of at that point you've taken hits for about six years. Um, another guy comes into the league. He's quicker. He hasn't taken as many hits. All of a sudden, his value is, you know, is is greater. Um, we were talking about it. Running backs on the offensive side. Running backs probably take the most hits because they're the ones running right into the line. Right. They're running right at linebackers. They're running right at people. Um, quarterbacks don't do that. Wide receivers are usually running to get by people. Offensive linemen, yeah, but I mean they're more likely in a in a standing or slightly moving position, but they're not going into you unless they're run blocking, not and not at a, a, a great heavy speed. Running backs are lowering their shoulders and some of them are still lowering the crown of their helmets. Yeah. Um, but if you are special, you will endure. You know, I Christian McCaffrey said on Twitter a little while ago, and I quote, this is criminal. Yes. Three of the best players in this entire league, regardless of position, close quote. I have a feeling because Christian McCaffrey catches passes out of the backfield really well. He's one of the best running backs in the game to do it. Yep. That he might be one of those. Yep. Um, and Kamara was McCaffrey before McCaffrey. Alvin Kamara, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I feel like Derrick Henry is one of those same guys, yes. as you as you were saying. Um, the problem with Saquon, he's had injuries. I don't, I don't agree that the, with with the Giants' value of him, because like we said, um, I believe Saquon is more important than Daniel Jones. Way more, and and that's why I believe it's not the same to each running back. It's apples and oranges, right? So, you know, in in the Giants' case, the Giants are doing this all wrong because the Giants have placed value on the wrong guy. Um, in the Raiders case with, with Josh Jacobs, uh, I don't know that I feel the same way with Pollard. I think the Cowboys have it wrong. And now Pollard signed his tender, but I believe a great running back elevates Dak. Dak doesn't do the opposite. No passing game is only possible from a great running game Mm -hmm. or dynamic Expert-level play calling mm. that can throw different things at you and catch you off balance. That That's why the Chiefs can do ring around the rosy before <laughs> they get to the line of scrimmage because they have a once-in-a-generational play caller in Andy Reid. And there are exceptions. That's right. Um, I think Tom Brady... The Packers did not have all that great of a running game this last year. Right. But Rodgers found a way to almost make the playoffs. Exactly. Uh, Sports Center coming up here. Want to remind you that Athletes is on our website at ESPNHonolulu.com and on our YouTube page, Kana'i Akana, uh, eating food at Asahi Grill and talking. Uh, That's on our YouTube page. Brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. Sports Center here. Uh, We got more coming up. It's off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Texter from the uh, 627 via our Zephyr Insurance text line. Please explain more details on Josh Jacobs and the Raiders. Well, it's pretty simple. Um, The Raiders franchise tagged him, and uh, I didn't see what their offer was to him, but um, they could not come to an agreement on a deal. 
So um, Josh Jacobs not signing his franchise tag means uh, he's going to hold out for a while until they can come to an agreement. He signs his franchise tender, uh, which would be $10 million, or they sign a long-term deal. And then he gets out on the field. But it seems like a lot of people believe that uh, he'll be out for a while. This is It's funny. This is the second year that they've kind of done Jacobs dirty before the season. Mm-hmm. They were kind of uh, not treating him like their RB1 going into last year. And what does he... What does he do in response? Just goes out there and leads the league in rushing. Yeah. Uh, at a you know for a mediocre at best, Las Vegas Raiders team. Um, so man, I, I I another one Saquon blows my mind, and more of the same from Vegas where I don't know how you don't reward your guy for leading the league in rushing. What not, else do you want him to do? Not only that. But when the owner of your team calls you the heart yeah. of your team, and that's how you treat the heart of your team. That, that's how you lose heart. Yes. Uh, how, how how do you feel like that team wants you or appreciates what you've done for them? Right. It's not a good message. Obviously. And it wasn't like that passing attack created space for that running game. Right. <laughs> it was It was more literally on the back of 26, or 28, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. It, it's that's where it gets hard. Like if I were Josh Jacobs, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play for the Raiders again. Me neither. You know, you don't, you don't go from calling me the heart of our team. To, that only goes as far as you're willing to like take care of me. To four months later, you know, really not as you said, taking care of him. Yeah, I don't see anything in which they actually offered him something though, and I think that's probably even worse than uh, Saquon's situation. The Giants haphazardly offered him. So I say haphazardly because whether you want to think it was serious or not, it wasn't probably. Um, it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Our Zephyr Insurance text lines at 808-296-1420. Uh, one more, by the way. I think this is from uh, from Sean, and I had this on the back burner earlier. Sean says, uh, since running backs not being valued, do you think running backs could start to put a stipulation in their contracts to limit number of carries per season to prolong their careers so they're not run to the ground in their first four years of their career? For example, $4 million a season for 160 carries max. That's from Sean. Wow. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I like the thought. I don't know if players are necessarily, if they have enough weight to, uh, to negotiate that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like a, a pitcher saying I can only throw, I don't know, 15,000 pitches right over a season. It's, um, and by the way, I haven't done that math. That, that might be way <laughs> off. Um, but in that regard, I, I, I'd like the idea from a health and safety uh, perspective for them kind of hedging their bets and hey we might we might see some more of that kind of stuff and load management for running backs if you really do want to um protect them i why wouldn't you load manage Saquon Barkley a little bit more why wouldn't you utilize a third down back a little bit more you know on third and short cuz I, I want Saquon on the field on third down i know but if if that's really what they're concerned about is like his 
um, his injury um, possibility, which honestly, if you're a top-tier athlete at that level, which I would put Saquon in that category, like an Adrian Peterson, you can have a knee injury and bounce back just fine. Mm -hmm. Peterson had phenomenal numbers even after the injury. There's another guy who had a a, a decently long career. Very long career and had a, a significant knee injury in college at Oklahoma, another one in the pros, and the dude is still running people over. Right. So I, I think there's levels to this, and for, for man, it, it it just shows that no one is safe. Yeah, and by the way, I should be clear: um, anybody being franchised, uh, they cannot get a long-term deal after this season is over. So if if Saquon wants to come back, uh, Josh Jacobs wants to come back, they'll have to play at that franchise number. Which, to me, to be honest. If I see that number of $10 million and I'm Saquon, I'm like, you know what? This only makes sense if I'm starting to play in week nine. If I think I'm worth $20 million, why should I show up until week nine? Where I can play half the season, probably worth my value. Um, you know, same thing with, with, with Jacobs. Why not? Yeah. What, what do you have to lose? You've just saved your body half a year. And if you think you can get in game shape um, quickly, as you were mentioning, then what's the harm? So uh, I just looked it up. The highest paid running backs in the league right now, okay? Yeah. Number one, Christian McCaffrey. Of course. Okay? Not arguing that one in the slightest. Number two, Alvin Kamara. Of course. Okay? 33. Number three on the list, Derrick Henry, 25. Yeah. Okay? Um, Number five on the list is Nick Chubb at 20 million. Who's four? Robinson. Okay. Okay. And then Eckler is at six. He's not even on this list. <laughs> yeah. How in the world is Saquon Barkley not even on this list? Well, what makes it hard is you're on your rookie deal up to this point, right? So, I mean, unless you, um, uh, un- un- unless you. You know, unless you 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 work out of your rookie deal early, teams will take advantage of that. You're still somewhat cheap on your rookie deal if you're a, a dynamic player. I mean, I I get that, but at this point, you've proven it for both of those guys. They deserve to be in the top five. Yeah. Well, and that's what they hope they'll get. Um, you know, I I think teams are hedging on the fact that they think they know more. I almost. I'm almost wondering, like, my uh, my red flag is going off in the back of my mind <laughs> yeah. on what is going on behind the scenes for them to create all this drama. Is there some sort of unknown marketing strategy that we aren't aware of from the front office's perspective on if we create this drama, our team gets more... Um, more eyeballs, jersey ah. sales goes. I, I'm just, I'm, no, just, yeah, yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. Of course, because to to me this is borderline moronic mm-hmm. that that you don't pay the guy. For, first of all, Jacobs. Okay, let's put Saquon on the side for a second. Jacobs led the league in rushing last year. Right. What else from that position do you want that guy to do? Running backs don't win MVP any longer, unfortunately. They just don't. I think Adrian Peterson was the last one. Um, it, it's just a, a different age that we live in. So 
I, I, I don't understand how you don't reward him for that. And then Saquon Barkley, beyond that, it's almost like a importance to it's, your team. Like, it's kind of like saying you don't think they're going to do that again. It happened once. You think defenses are going to adapt and they're not going to have the same kind of production they had that year. Saquon is one of those rare players who is not a quarterback but means more to his team than any quarterback. Yes. Well, most quarterbacks. The, yeah. Most yeah. quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, I would put McCaffrey in that category as well. No doubt. McCaffrey is worth more than any of those three. Um, and if you – Derek Henry, another one. Yeah. I mean, look what he's doing with a you know a above-average game manager in Ryan Tannehill. That's exactly right. Those uh, the the only uh, comparison that we have there that Saquon is excluded from is the fact that he's not getting paid. Yeah, that that that's nuts to me. I just I again I go back to something I said earlier. I wonder if part of the to the concern is whether he can stay healthy for seventeen games because he's been hurt before, and if that is a concern, I I personally wouldn't think this way. But if that is a concern, then I kind of get it. Um, I wouldn't think this way with Saquon because I think he's a generational talent. Yep. Um, but I can see teams looking at re- return on investment if they don't think that he can play a full 17. I don't know that I feel the same way about Josh Jacobs. Pollard ended up signing his franchise tag. I do have that concern with Pollard. Yeah. He managed to hold on to a job and watch Ezekiel Elliott leave. So... You take that for what it is. This one uh, from Keanu. Instead of stipulations on the number of carries and touches, I think running backs may put incentives for the number of touches they receive. Example, Aaron Jones had 219 catches or 219 carries and 69 catches, 288 touches. Running backs get a salary, then an extra bonus for every touch over 200 or 250 yards. Man, how long how long was Keanu on, uh, on the good old Google uh, to get all those numbers? What do you, I appreciate what do you the research. That? Me too. Um, so we have the smartest listeners in radio. I, I'm sure these football contracts are built in with those those sort of stipulations. Uh, for those that don't know, football money is not guaranteed. No. It's not even close. And so usually like only about half of their contracts are guaranteed and then everything's built into what else they do. And so to kind of hedge their career a little bit, I, I kind of like that idea. Um anything over a certain amount, I would like to be compensated for it because you're literally riding my back as a team. The team is riding my back right now with each subsequent carry. You don't think that creates a sip, uh, sippery, uh, mm. a, a slipper. The L just wouldn't slip out of my tongue. You, you don't think um, that would create a slippery slope? Like if you're a wide receiver, all right, um, you're going to pay me this much? Fine. But if I get over 100 catches, then you need to pay me X amount per catch. I think If the, you're a quarterback, um, you know, okay, if I throw the ball more than 500 times, then you're going to have to pay me X amount. Like, how much are you going to have to do that? Um, and then how is that, if you don't want to pay these bonuses, how is that going to impact your ability to compete? I don't know. I mean, they, they rolled Gronk out there in his last season and threw him back-to-back back hitch routes just so that he could get his catching bonus uh, for the uh, for the end of the year. So if the NFL is going to be um, penny-pinching, uh, you are our employee. Mm-hmm. If they're going to take that route, and I feel like they are right now 
with the way they're treating running backs across the league, then I don't have any problem with that from a player's perspective. Right. If they're going to play that, I'm going to play it too. Yeah, it's um, it's a business. It is, and that's that's the other part that you you juggle here. It's a business, and I I try to see both ends of it, but I also struggle to see business sense in losing. You know what I mean? Which I almost wonder. You know, now that we're talking about this, it take Josh Jacobs for instance. I'm sure there was an incentive built in for him leading the league in rushing last year. There better have been. I don't know if there was. Um, a lot of times we can see those. Um, they, they put those incentives uh, down in contracts. A lot of times we find out about it. Um, you know, He had a four-year, $11.9 million contract. I don't see anything about... I don't see anything about um, um, incentives. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, and, and at that point, because keep in mind, I think that was his rookie deal, too. So that's right. how often are you going to get those kinds of incentives in a rookie deal? That's that's hard. You know, he's he's going to be, what, 25 going into this year? So that was definitely uh, his, his rookie deal. Uh, more of your texts, calls coming up. You can call in at 808-296-1420. The really big road show is coming up on Wednesday at Growler Hawaii in Kapahulu. Chris Hart, Gary Dickman, Tanner Hayworth will be there. Just found out my partner on uh, Countdown to Kickoff, uh, Arnold Martinez, is going to be down there. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. Haven't seen uh, haven't seen the beard in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we got a lot of other guests that will be down there. Of course, happy hour from 3.30 to 6.30, about 100 beers uh, on tap. So make sure you check it out. Growler Hawaii. It's the really big road show Wednesday, 5 to 7, here on ESPN Honolulu. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. How was your, uh, your weekend, by the way? What did, what did you do this weekend, good. Hunter? Uh, my good friend Trevor Nishiyama got married. All right. Uh, yeah, Trevor is the tailor-made rep for Hawaii. Oh, sweet. Um, and so him and his now lovely wife Monica, they got married up at Sunset Ranch, up on uh, Pupukea North Shore. Okay. And um, yeah, beautiful venue, and they had another friend of ours, uh, Roman De Peralta or Chloe Kai. That's right. Um. He played. Uh, he played their wedding, so it was. It was a good. It was a good time. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, How about you? Of the things we did, um, I, I was. I was here yesterday for a little while, kind of prepping, uh, getting some work done before uh, the the Vegas trip. Uh, That's right. We leave tomorrow. Come back on Sunday. Um, but we did. Josh is uh, putting it all on red, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. I don't remember the last time I've gambled. The last couple of times I've been to Vegas, I haven't gambled. <laughs> I am, I am, I would say I'm an old man, but the old men gamble. So I can't say that. My dad always says, gambling always pays. <laughs> yeah. Which is true. It always pays someone. <laughs> it does. It doesn't always pay you. Um, but, uh, oh gosh. Oh, we did mini golf yesterday. No way. Yeah. Over at uh, Bayview. That's right. Kaneohe. Yes. Yep. Uh, that was a good time. Uh, I had four hole-in-ones. What? Yeah. Josh was on a heater. I was. I had. You two... better put it all on red, bro. <laughs> I had two in a row at one point. I was still 15 over par. Okay, describe your celebration when it um, dropped. I didn't have one. 
Ah. Uh, I am I'm not No Tiger Pump. No, I'm not like Steph Curry. No point down. at it while it's going in the hole. No, no. I didn't talk a little trash after it went in. No, I, I didn't want to show off. I, not not like acting Steph. like he's been there before. Not I like, like it. Not like Steph when he had his hole in one at the American Century Championship and ran the 140 yards from tee to green. That's right. That was cool, by the way. That was awesome. Um, Jarred it. And not his not his first hole in one. He said no. Nope. It's just his first in a in a competitive tournament. Um, there were so many people around. It was um, it was busy. There there was a lot of slow play going on. I don't want to <laughs> um talk too much trash on no. him. No, the, the slow play was so bad. How bad was it? Thank you. Yes. There we go. This is the first time in five months this has worked. We got Thank it. Thank you, fist bump. We got it. There we go. <laughs> Liz is <laughs> laughing with amusement in the yeah, other room. because she was the only one who didn't get it. Yeah, uh, it's okay. <laughs> How bad was it? I can be trained. There was, there was one group who was slow in front of us, and they let us go. So we passed them. We we play quick. We're just, you know, just you and your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so the group in front of us was going so slow that the group we passed gave up at about fifteen, and they just they were done early. Mm. They left after the fifteenth hole and went to go. You know, uh, it's a bad whatever. day on the links when you leave mini golf <laughs> early. Yeah. Yeah. Because realistically, well, it was hot out there too. Okay. Well, it's okay, so you went like midday kind of uh, thing? I think we went at like 2 o'clock. All right. It's not quite over the coal hours yet? No, no. Right. There was a breeze at one point, but it was, yeah, it was mostly uh, mostly a warm day. Um, but yeah, no, my cellar, because there were you know, lots of kids, and it was, it was yeah. busy. So, yeah, I wasn't going to be the guy to, um, you know, do the celebration. I, I would just like, just had a little bit of a smile. <laughs> that, that was it. Um, act like you've been there before, even though I haven't. Sure. Um, you know, all that good stuff. I, I There is one thing I got to say, though, being there. There was a, there was a birthday party there, and uh, it, it seemed like it was one of those kids' birthdays parties. Yep. It was packed and whatever. I guess, you you know, you would. The weirdest music was playing during what I assume was a kid's birthday party. Okay. What was their mix? Nirvana. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, then Smells Like Teen Spirit was playing during this party. I don't know if it was a birthday party. I'm assuming it's oh a birthday party. But during this party, I had like 90s grunge rock. And uh, I don't think they were They've celebrating. They've got great taste in music then. Uh, I'm sure it wasn't on them. Rock in the 90s was good. Pop in the 90s, not so much. I, I am a child of... Yeah. Well, I guess I say a child of the 90s is when I got it in the 90s, I was three. Um, sure. But I, I remember in my time in, in uh, music radio, we so we had those those 80s, 90s, and today formats. Mm-hmm. There were very little 90s. <laughs> it, was, it was a bunch of 80s. Yep. And then maybe you had a smaller playlist of the 90s, and then it was all today. And, you know, that was like hot AC, so you wouldn't have like the Nirvanas and stuff, but you, know, you had uh, sure, Semisonic's closing time. If you there were 90s ones too, it's from artists that made their names in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, New Radicals. Like Van uh, Halen had a couple of good songs that came yeah. out in the 90s, or Michael Jackson had some that came out in the 90s. Yeah, that's right. But it was like, this is grunge rock, and I got no complaints. Yeah. I'm loving it. But it just seemed weird. 
I, I, I couldn't understand it. <laughs> but it was um it was it was good. I enjoyed that. That was that was the weekend. Oh, um and then the new Target opened up at uh Windward Mall. Big news. Yes. Anything like that happens out here, it's a big news for for Hoy. Yeah. Uh what do we have now? Five? And then they're they're gonna have one at International Marketplace in the next couple of years, if you wanna Which is wild because for the longest time there was only one on the island. Right. The one over in Moanalua. Oh, that, yeah, that's that right. That was the only one. That's the uh, Salt Lake one. The Salt Lake one, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, they're growing. They are uh, They are growing. It's It's not like, see, coming from the Big Island, when you have one of something, it's Costco. Mm. And you drive from East Hawaii to West Hawaii to go to Costco. In Kona? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then so, pray sorry, that... People don't don't shop at the knockoff Costulas. So, like, w- what about if you get cold stuff? Do you bring a cooler to keep it cool? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Or That's crazy. Yeah. Or you're cranking up the AC because you're driving right back to Hilo. And praying the AC, the uh, the ice cream makes it. Pretty much. Yeah. Mo- no, most most likely the cooler. Uh, Sports Center on the way. I think we got to look at traffic coming up on the other side as well uh, before we get more into uh, grunge rock. Yeah. <laughs> it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. This is for you, Hunter. Ooh. I figured you would enjoy uh, tribal seeds. Yeah. Not little, something I would say I listen to. Little Rastafari yeah. for, for your Monday. I, I figured I figured that was uh, that was up your alley, that you'd uh, you'd enjoy that. Not a real big Rasta guy, but oh. I mean uh, okay. I'm a fan of vibes. I th- okay. Then yeah, then I, I figured that. Yeah, there we go. Uh, it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. That is Hunter Hughes, a fan of vibes. Fan of vibes. <laughs> I'm Josh Pacheco. All of our guests, when they appear, they do so courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Visit alohakia.com at Aloha Kia. You know a guy, uh, Preston Talmua, coming up at the bottom of the hour. Looking forward to talking to him. I don't know what it is, but it seems like we have had some... Really interesting commitment uh, uh, announcements. Yeah, you had the uh, the spear of the Hawaii guy in one of the announcements. Yeah, one guy who had a had a thing at the Republic. Yeah, over the weekend, like uh, yeah, it's it's been kind of an elaborate thing. Uh, the the boat trade from last week. The spear of the Hawaii guy. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Th- that's what you mean. That the spear of the Hawaii guy. No, yeah. I mean I, I, I could see why I, I didn't make it sound so cool. That's a, no, no, no. Totally get it. I mean, he got speared into the water. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. In any case, yeah, it's been um, it, it's been quite eventful, uh, no doubt. But uh, um, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's kind of cool to see kids have their power, um, and have fun with it, not just do the whole. Um, you know, standard hat thing. Yeah, <laughs> and the, those just seem to not only be overdone, but the the wheels are kind of falling off that model. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a year or two ago. Big time recruit had like Alabama, had Tennessee, had Florida, 
And the minute that he chose, I think he went with Florida, and his mom got up and walked right off the oh, stage. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She was not happy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Mom. This one's not about you oh, this time. Man. Yeah. It's um, the only people that do care care on social media. True. So the the whole needing – I get communities want to be around, you know, a kid – whenever they make a big decision like that. But I, I think it's just about you and your family Yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, now it's, it's, it's all attention. Sure. You're grabbing attention. Yeah. And, and that's cool. I mean, I think if you, I'm just a believer in doing it responsibly. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people are, I don't see crazy stuff happening nowadays. Mm. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm cool with it. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll talk with Preston about that coming up at the uh, the bottom of the hour. There's one thing we're waiting on, and I think we'll uh, we'll ultimately find out on Wednesday the situation with San Diego State. Mm. Um, the board of directors meeting is today, so all the presidents of the Mountain West meeting with uh, with uh, Gloria Navarez. One president that's not in that meeting is the president from San Diego State. She was booted uh, when uh, San Diego State made that announcement that uh, they intended to leave the Mountain West Conference. I, I'm, I'm a little conflicted. And I know we've talked about this a little bit here and there. The Mountain West did not come up with an announcement today. I don't know if they will late today, if they will tomorrow, or if they're just going to save it for um, Gloria Navarez's address, the state of the Mountain West on Wednesday. I'm conflicted because, yeah, I, I want to see San Diego State have to, you know, fix its own mess. You know, you 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 created this. You tried to sidestep out of it. And now, uh, you know, the Mountain West is playing hardball. You know, all right, well, you got to you gotta figure out some stuff. You know, good for you. Um, but on the flip side, it could get pretty expensive if the Mountain West wants to drag out this whole idea of, well, no, uh, you're out. You're going to have to pay us this money, and we're still withholding your, your television, you know, situation. And I don't know if the Mountain West well, – like. You know, what's worth more? Is it worth more? And we see you guys on the phones. We'll get to you in a moment here at 808-296-1420. Is it worth more to play this out and make San Diego State, um, you know, clean up its own mess? Or is it worth more to just be the, you know, humble and forgiving presidents that welcome San Diego State back in like nothing ever happened? What's worth more? Yeah, I don't know. I I I kind of get the hardball, but then I also at this point is like, uh, I feel like they're really just trying to make them an example of this is what will happen if you do something like this. Mm -hmm. It's almost for everybody else in the Mountain West than it is for San Diego State because right. truthfully, they'd they didn't do anything. If Like if we get down to it, they didn't leave. Yeah, They talked about leaving and then asked for if we were to leave could we get a discount on so, our way so out the door you believe San Diego State when they said their letter wasn't saying we're out uh i ooh, i don't think that they had that information just yet although all signs were pointing to them leaving mm -hmm. 
they didn't actually have that information. So they were getting a feeler out there and praying, it was a gamble, yeah. praying that they were going to get a an, an answer from the Pac-12 that actually never came. So I don't know. They're... You know, it almost it almost feels like the Mountain West is holding them to that gamble. The way you meet in the middle would be to say, um, you know, we, yeah, we're going to withhold your TV. We're going to act like you left or gave the intention to leave, but you know, we're we're going to take it easy on you. We're we're only going to charge you maybe half of that fee. And um, we'll give you half of your TV share back mm. um, to make that example. I think we talked about this last week, too. I think the Mountain West is going to learn a lesson from this, too. That, you know, you can have the bylaws and, and all that, but what what have we seen in the last 10 years? That you can have exit fees and schools will do it the right way and they'll leave and give you money, and then schools will do it the wrong way and leave, and someone will fork up the money to pay for them to get out of the conference. The exit fees mean very little unless you can't afford it. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in this case, I see San Diego State. Well, I don't see a conference willing to pay off San Diego State to the Mountain West to be able to get them to leave. Pac-12 is not going to have that revenue. There's no doubt. So... It's one of those situations that I think you now have to go back to the table as the board of directors and say, let's work with TV. Um, well, actually, I don't think you have to work with TV, but let's do a grant of rights deal like we were talking about last week. You want to leave? Cool. But the rights to your non-conference games, they belong to us mm. for X amount of time. We're still going to control where it airs. We're going to control the revenue that comes from it. That's part of our agreement. It's not part of any new conference for X amount of time. And as we've seen, because there have been threats of schools in the ACC, um, most notably, nobody's left. Yeah. Pac-12 didn't have a grant of rights agreement. USC and UCLA left early. Um, and they're going to be out. Big 12... Um, I don't think Big 12 had grander rights. I think they do now. But um, it's really the SEC and the ACC, notably, that had it. And ESPN, working with both the Big 12 and the SEC, was able to get Texas and Oklahoma out early and limit that hardship. Yeah. So that kind of worked out. But I think that's where you have to go next because I think that's what's going to hinder teams from leaving is by not just money, but what your share of things is uh, will be when you leave. Uh, let's say hi to Paul at 808-296-1420. Hi, Paul. Hello, everybody. You know, it would be funny. Uh, whenever uh, uh, State come in the room, they have the uh, good and bad, good, bad, and the ugly theme. Yeah? <laughs> like that one, yeah. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, and, you know, Josh, uh, oh, first of all, sir, yeah, I got to tell you this. Uh you know, when girlfriend leaves, if a girlfriend wants to leave. Hello? Um, Thanks, Paul. <laughs> um, this is, yeah, Paul, your, your connection is just as good as Elon Musk's Starlink. 
Um, first off, holy smokes. He had the sound <laughs> ready. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I gotta, I gotta say, um, <laughs> for all of the stuff that we give Paul, and all of it is deserved. That was that was awesome. Uh, that was the most prepared Paul has ever been for a phone call. And, he, he, and it's funny he plays it, and you can hear him clicking buttons out. I love like, it. Okay, this I is love done. it. We're not playing any more of this. I and love his, it. And then his phone goes out. Like, Man, I got my best stuff in I don't here even... now. Everything else doesn't matter. So if my phone goes to bleep, oh well, I got everything in. I will give that one a nine out of ten, even with the phone cutting out. Damn. Because he had a he had a sound ready. He he not only had the sound ready, he had the buildup to play the sound. He did. He, did. he had a full on uh, beginning part of the story to land us on the sound, and then carried right on with whatever he wanted to talk about. Um, Paul, that was impressive. I'm sorry, I'm not giving him a nine out of ten. I. I I can't. <laughs> hey, for originality, uh, we have to tip our cap. Yeah. Uh, I haven't gotten anything okay. like that before on the whole time we've done this show. I, I'm gonna do um I'm I'm gonna do the uh the, the, the figure skating judge here. Yeah where you Josh is the you, Russian judge. You, you score for technical, you score for the technical and you score for like the, the, the creativity, the ex yeah. Um the the, the the technical stuff, I mean the execution I mean, yeah, I will give a five out of five on the execution. That was great. Um, the technical side, unfortunately, once that phone went out, uh, the technical side became a two. So um, hate to see it. Seven, yeah, you do. Um, that could see, have been Hall of Fame. But you see, the thing is, I don't even know what he was calling about at the I end of the either. day. The only point Paul made was. Love to see San Diego State walk in the room with the good, bad, and ugly theme behind him. And then he played the theme that we couldn't hear anything else. So I don't know what his point was except, hey, look at me. I'm playing with a toy. That's it. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. That was awesome. That's, that's um, you know, there. you know what? I'll give him, I'll give a half point more. Because he didn't sing. We mm. were spared him singing. And there was no... Um, Botched effort trying to speak French. Yeah, so uh, you give him a nine. I'm giving. I'm, I'm. I'm the tough guy. I realize it. Just compared to the other calls, no one, that, that was the best one. So no far. one can make me happy. I am. I am an old man. I am the guy who frowns on the couch when we when when someone gets uh, when someone's watching Wheel of Fort when I'm watching Wheel of Fortune and someone gets it wrong and then I say you fool you fool and get it wrong. Yeah, that's me. Sorry, I confused uh, Wheel of Fortune with uh, Hollywood Squares. Couldn't help it. Uh, <laughs> see, Paul just sidetracked the whole bleeping thing. Traffic here. It's off the bench, ESPN Honolulu. Preston Taumua coming up in uh, about 11 minutes here on Off the Bench. This is ESPN Honolulu. Jerry's out in Kahala. Jerry, what's up? Welcome, guys. Enjoy your program as always. Thank you. I have sort of a uh, sort of an off-the-wall thought. It just hit me that, you know what the big story in sports, in my opinion, in broadcast sports has been over the last 30 days? What is it? It's ESPN letting go of all that top-notch talent 
You know, I mean, yep. I mean, quality guys. You know, high quality guys. And I think there is a shift going on in the whole world of sports and how it's financed. And I think, you know, with all due respect to ESPN, it's a great network. I've been following it from the start. Sports broadcasting has to reinvent itself. And that last caller who provided the sound effect <laughs> for your call, you know, that, 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 was, that was pretty funny. I, I laughed with you guys, too. But, you know, it's the uh, digital age... Everybody at home with a cell phone is a broadcast station. We have to redefine what a television station or radio station or a media station looks like. And I think eventually it's going to go to totally interactive so that the sports broadcasters are basically going to host all of us calling the game. And it's, it's going to be very creative. It's not going to be the old traditional, we have a broadcaster, we have an announcer, and we line up the staff like that and advertisers, and that is, that's it. I think the networks are basically going out of style and will be replaced by programs like you guys. You guys are actually on the of innovation. I don't know if you can see that right now, but you guys could actually be as dominant as ESPN is now, and ESPN is losing dominance. Now, I love ESPN, but if they don't reinvent themselves, they're going to go the way of the Etzel. Of the you know? Yeah. Of people in a network, and we all are on the network creating continuously. You know, it's interesting. Um, Jerry, thank you for the call. Thanks, Thanks for, for the, the call, kind Jerry. words. Um, I hope the bosses heard that. I know. Um, by the way, uh, we, are, uh, we are an affiliate, but we are not um, owned by uh, ESPN or Disney. So I want to make that clear as we, we go through it. What has hurt? See, this is funny because we were. Um, I was just sharing with Hunter during the break. Peacock, which is run by uh, NBC Universal, you know, they've got all these sports rights now, and you know the problem is streaming's not making money, and so they're raising the price of Peacock uh, one to two dollars more here pretty soon. Dang. WWE Network, Big Ten games now. Uh, exclusive NFL playoff game and an exclusive NFL regular season game. There's so much there. Uh, so they're going to be raising their prices. Disney Plus, the Hulu bundle, raise their price. Um, so on and so forth. The There are two big problems. I think Jerry's somewhat right on one of them. One of the problems is it the, the, cost, of co- the cost of doing games is not going to get cheaper. Mm-hmm. And as leagues have popularity, as um, you know, college conferences gain popularity, their rights only go up. You know, the the rarities are the Pac-12 when your rights go down, but that's because the Pac-12 doesn't you know doesn't have the household name anymore with the USC and UCLA once you know once they leave. It costs more, and because it costs more, you have to figure out like. Where are you know, is it worth it to spend the money in gaining rights here when you know at some point you're gonna have to pay for it in ta- in talent and then cord cutting's happening, yeah. cable, satellite, etc. And the streaming business isn't working as well as you'd like. You put all that together. And it's a it's it's a no win recipe. I don't think it's as much as of you know, 
ESPN and it's, you know, you know, having to reinvent itself because ESPN started the reinvention of sports networks when they brought out first take and other shows like that. That was the reinvention. Yeah. Sports center is less about highlights because you can get them anywhere. But now it's more of the first day. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Um, well, yeah, ESPN did, but it wasn't with first take. It was with around the horn and part of the interruption. And when those shows worked with newspaper guys of all people for PTI with, with uh, Tony and Mike, that they started to do that more around the clock. Then the radio shows started going on TV and, and so on. So I see what Jerry's saying. Um, I don't I don't think it's reinventing what ESPN is. They reinvented the sports network game. Uh, but I think it's going to be about moving forward um, how you manage costs. Uh, traffic here, Preston Talmua on the other side. You're listening to Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. By the way, uh, if you've been listening over on uh, CBS 1500, you've been wondering, where's the uh, San Francisco Giants game? Uh, they've been in a rain delay for like an hour and a half. Uh, they're, I think, in the eighth inning. Uh, that's a close game. Uh, we're watching that. Uh, when that game resumes, that Any will Any chance be... that's the same rain that we're going to get later this week? <sighs> Meteorologist Hunter Hughes. No. Okay. <laughs> different, That's why I'm doing this. Very, very different rain. Okay. Um, yeah, Tropical Storm Calvin, and doesn't look like we're going to get much of it. Uh, that, that track continues well, to kind of go a little more um, a little more west or south. South. So um, that's that's a good sign. Uh, Hawaii Island could still get quite a bit of it, uh, which mm. is which is the concern. Uh, reached out to a few people out there, and, and one, of, one of my old coworkers said, seems like they've been on a streak of – Getting lucky mm. with some of those, like, you know, kind of moving up or down. So, we'll stay safe out there, everyone over on Hilo. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, South Point side as well, where it looks like they may get, uh, they may get the brunt of it. Uh, mm. let's bring in Preston Talmua. He joins us here on Off the Bench, uh, courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Visit alohakia.com at Aloha Kia. Uh, you know a guy. Uh, Preston, congratulations to you. You made the uh, announcement over the weekend that it's going to be uh, Nebraska that you will be playing yes, for as, uh, as soon as you are done. Uh, take me through that decision. Um, you know, the decision, it really came down to the coaching staff and the support. It was really tough between Oregon, Arizona, and Nebraska because, you know, Oregon, they got – I had a whole bunch of Polynesians over there, mainly Polynesians from Hawaii, so it made me really comfortable. But, you know, in Nebraska, when I just went on my official visit, I just felt like I was home. And with Coach Donnie there, it was, it was you know, it was literally just a plus one. And to see what Coach Rule did uh, throughout throughout his entire career, being like being like a rebuilding rebuilding coach, it, it was really it was really good to me because I've been a part of a rebuilding program basically most of my life, you know, when I started in eighth grade, came in with Aya. Aya wasn't, they weren't really there, but, you know, we rebuilt, went to championship for two straight years. Unfortunately, I didn't get to win, didn't get to win one last year, but, you know, that's why I like it because I've seen where Coach Rule and Coach Raul, I see their vision in Nebraska. 
that that's a really interesting answer that you don't hear from a lot of um, you know potential college athletes when you think of mm-hmm. of something that you've been through and that you you feel familiar with and and comfortable with. And I want to build on some of that. Um, because, you know, Matt Rule has been through this not, you know, before, um, not just at Nebraska. Um, but you talk about coaching staff, you know, you, you see different coaching staffs from all over the country. What set this coaching staff apart from some of those other ones that you met? To be honest, it was really, is really how they, like, all, all, all coaching staffs, they, they, they treated me like I was family. Like, you had Oregon, you had Coach Terry. Coach Terry used to be over here at UH. He was actually one of the first coaches that reached out to me when I was a sophomore. So that I was kind of that's something that was leading up to Oregon. I, I was I was planning on going to Oregon, but then once I hit my Nebraska OV, I just I, the the coaching staff over there was just relentless. They feel like they they can joke with you off the field, but but with when you're on the field, it's it's straight up game time. You you have to perform on the field. How long they ago was that? Uh, how, how long ago was that that official visit to Nebraska? The official visit, I'd say, is about three weeks ago. So that's a that's three a pretty recent ago. change of heart there uh, to make that yeah. that change. Yeah. So I was I was the plan was to you know go to Oregon, but then Nebraska they just treated me very well. They they showed me what family is about and how and how they run things and and how they're rebuilding a broken program, and that's something I want to be a part of. I want to bring in Hunter's question here in a moment, but I think the the other thing I'll ask you, you mentioned um, when you were at Oregon, there were a number of Polynesian players there, um, and and I guess that's that that home kind of feeling, right? Um, Yes. When you you factor that all in, I'm not sure how much of that you saw at Nebraska at all, but how much did you weigh that? Um, as far as some of the things that you were you were taking into consideration, to be honest, the, the polys in Oregon is very respectful. They're good people to be around. Uh, you, you see, well, once you once you go to Oregon, there's there's a lot. But once you go to Nebraska, uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I only counted two Polynesians on that team. So it was it was kind of a hard. Job. I mean, it, it was the poly part did play a part did play a part in my decision because I, I wanted to feel at home. But it was just – it mainly came down to the coaching staff and what they run. And, and that was Nebraska for the win. We're talking about Preston Talmua. He said Nebraska for the win. He's going to be a Cornhusker um, after he plays his final year of high school ball here in Hawaii. Preston joins us courtesy of the Aloha Kia Hotline. Preston, uh, before anything else, man, I just kind of wanted to encourage you, man. You know, when Manti went to Notre Dame, there were not a whole lot – lot of other polys over there but in some ways he was able to showcase what he could do over there and i feel like you could do the same thing over at nebraska bro yes sir thank you absolutely that's something that's something i can see myself doing too it's gonna be a culture shock but it's gonna be culture shock in a good way though and kind of along those lines i've got a question there's a point to it if you had the choice between all you could eat sushi and all you could eat steak which one are you choosing I'm choosing steak any day. There it is. Because if you're going <laughs> to Nebraska, bro, that that is that that's good steak country, my friend. That there's not a yes, lot of sushi sir. up there, bro. I'm I'm happy for you. Yes, sir. Thank you. Absolutely. Why, and why can't you have both? Well, there, there's not uh, there is not good sushi in Nebraska, <laughs> my friend. There's a backstory to sushi. I, I'm allergic to some sushi, but oh. steak not at all. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you can cook steak, so you can cook the, the 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 scary right out of it, man. That's awesome. Yes, sir. You know, um, where do you see yourself lining up uh, when when you go to Nebraska uh, on the offensive line? Do you still see yourself at the guard position? Do they kind of give you an idea of, of where they kind of foresee you on the line? Um, I talked to Coach Donnie. He said it really comes down to well, what I'm comfortable with, but. As of right now, we're trying to learn all positions because we're getting ready for the next level. And when one man goes down, you have to bring in the next guy. So I'm probably trying to learn all positions. But for now, I'm just focused on uh, uh, guard and tackle. When in your life did you start seeing football as as a vehicle to not only the path to the next level, but also a vehicle to uh, to education? Um, you know, it's a great opportunity. Nebraska is a good school football program at the FBS. As you said, there's some rebuilding there. But at what point did you, in your life did you see something like this as something that you could be a part of? I say 10th grade. 10th grade, I really see myself playing college in 10th grade. I wasn't really taking football that serious in the 8th and 9th grade. But then once I got to 10th grade, it opened my eyes because I got hurt. But I just needed something to to lay back on, and that was football. Did someone say something to you? Did it just, it was just a light bulb click? What, what was that? It was just, I'd say, I'd say it was the progress that, that really stuck out to me. I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. The progress just made me feel like I just had to keep going. Take me through, I guess my last question for you, um, take me through your goals here. I mean, your, your senior year, there's obviously an, an eye on the next level uh, playing in Nebraska, mm-hmm. but you've you've got a bunch of teammates that I know you care about um, here in the prep level. You've got some goals for the prep level. So, so take me through um, your goals here for your final prep season. My goals, shoot, one of my goals is honestly to basically win a state title. That's what really we're focused on right now as a team, not only myself, but as a team. We're really focused on winning a state title and not just an OIA title. We're focused on winning it all. Pressed you, uh, you know, it's it's not a question on you know all your your social accounts, kind of the the research we've done on you. You're obviously a a, a big proponent of family, big proponent of faith. Mm-hmm. How important that is to you and your family. Um, one really cool thing that I've observed with Coach Rule is he's kind of like that as well. He's he's a coach that cares about character, cares about faith. Yes, sir. Um, and I I really think you know along those lines, this could be a really good thing for you, man. I just kind of want to encourage you as, um, you know, a, a fellow uh, player that went before you, man, we're, we're, we're all rooting for you out here in the 808. Thank you. Preston, take care, and uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch as you continue on the journey, all right? Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you, Preston. Preston Talmua, uh, class of 2024. You heard him. His eyes are on an OIA title, uh, but also uh, his eyes are on Nebraska. Uh, as uh, he joined us, as all of our guests do, courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. Visit alohakia.com at Aloha Kia. You know a guy. Um, I, I loved a couple things that he said, Hunter, but I think the thing that I actually really liked the most is it, it, it's one thing to talk about comfort and um, you know just, just simply comfort in where you're going, but he mentioned the familiarity in in a rebuild 
and yeah. and that he knows what it's like and he he believes in Matt Rule and know it's a rebuild knows it's a rebuild in Nebraska and felt comfortable with that and I don't know how many how many people truly take that into consideration. Yeah, that 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 part is interesting. Um the other thing that I really picked up on was him not worrying about looking different or being different, being proud of the fact that, you know, his um, Polynesian culture will set him apart in Nebraska. Um, I, uh, I have some familiarity with that, you know, coming over here and uh, being one of the, the few white guys in the locker room, like that it, it's not for everybody. And so I, I implore him in kind of that adventurous spirit a little bit. Um, the the other really cool thing, Nebraska loves their football. Mm-hmm. They are a yep. rich, rich fan base. That's why um, they don't love Scott Frost. That's exactly right. <laughs> and even though he was, you know, homegrown for them, um, kind of uh, someone that they created, and then he stepped into those shoes. Like they're they're used to winning. They have a long tradition. Uh, on I just looked through his Instagram on his. Um, on on his official visit to Nebraska, it talked about the five-time national champions that they are back in the OG days, of course. But yeah. they are a rich fan base that very much cares about the pigskin. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really happy for this kid, and hopefully he stays healthy this year. By the way, um, and I should have mentioned it. It was on the tip of my tongue, and I just didn't mention it. Um, he's transferring to Waipahu this year. He's been at IAEA previously. Waipahu, I mean, you're... This is not a, a knock on IA by any stretch, um, but we're talking about now. Um, you know, you're talking about two programs at the uh, OIA Division One level that have been really good for different reasons. Waipahu, I think, of recently a, a, a great running attack. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely a physical team. IA, I think of as a well-coached group. Um, I've enjoyed seeing that program over the years. So, but I, I think Waipahu. I, I think there's um, there's the ability to be noticed, and um, you know, in 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 certainly a, a a much more high leverage type of program. Yeah, you know, I think at this point, uh, you know, the the eyeballs are good, but um, you know, for for him, I think to get some work at all of the positions, not just what the team needs, I think would be really helppful. You know, some games at center. Uh, working on both sides of the ball at guard, you know, getting comfortable pulling and then, uh, you know, covering that blind side. You know, whenever I I look at him, he strikes me as a tackle. Um, Okay. Just right off the bat with with that type of a body frame. But, um, you know, who knows what they're going to do with him at the the next level. I'm sure he still has some growing to do both upward and outward. (laughs) Um, And so that, that, that's just what happens uh, at, at that next level. They they get you right. 17. Jeez. (laughs) Can't teach big. No, you can't. Um, I've been learning for a long time. It doesn't seem to do anything. Um, but I, I, I'm really happy for this kid. Yeah. And anytime people from Hawaii get that kind of national acclaim with a four star in front of their name, we're we're, we're going to be watching. <laughs> I think of that line from Star Wars: watching his career with great interest. Absolutely. Um, coming up, I can't help but notice what I've been seeing on this television screen in front of us. We're going to take a little bit of a side from where we're going to go. Summer League rings. Their trophy looks like an arm sleeve. (laughs) It's off the bench. Traffic right here on ESPN Honolulu. 
just about 12 minutes. Joel Embiid, is his near future in Philadelphia or not? We still don't know what's going to happen with James Harden. Uh, more NBA offseason storylines coming up in just a little while. Do want to remind you, uh, the really big road show at Growler Hawaii is on Wednesday, 5 to 7 p.m. Not only do you have happy hour from 3.30 to 6.30 p.m., you also have uh, about 100 uh, brews on tap behind the bar. And we've got guests, some good ones, Coach Bud. Michelle Nagamine is going to be there. Chad hey, Owens Chad. is going to be there. Uh, my guy, your guy, Coach Arnold Martinez is uh, going to be there. I'm just bummed I'm not going to be there. Man, uh, I'll be in Vegas. So uh, I, I just... My, not my, too bummed. No, I'm kind of bummed. Just kind of bummed. I, I am because um, they have good food. I enjoy their um, their uh, uh, bratwurst mac and cheese. And their buffalo chicken wrap Okay. bomb. Yeah. That's what I had whenever we recorded there about a month ago. Yes. So... Uh, uh, check it out. Uh, Growler Hawaii on Kapahulu is uh, the really big road show, number 12, coming up on Wednesday. So, we were doing the interview with Preston Talmua a moment ago. And I couldn't help out of the corner of my eye. And it's not like this is a surprise or anything. I knew it. I knew this was going to happen. I was watching these summer league rings. Now, the NBA really treats summer league like it is... Big, like every game's on TV. Yep. Um, you know, it is. You know, the NBA likes these mini events, right? They they're doing that in season tournament now, starting this coming year. Um, you know, the playing tournaments big. So summer league, and I think this started last year. They got these championship rings for summer league. They also had a championship trophy. Um, not surprising. Yeah. So they. They're, they're handing out, I think it was like the MVP trophy for Summer League. And then I'm watching, um, you know, they're putting these boxes down on the table yeah. there at the uh, the Thomas and Mack Center. And I don't know what these boxes are. They look like, if I had to have got, guessed, like boxes of like these Beats, the, you know, those Beats headphones yeah. or those earbuds. So I'm thinking, okay, I, I don't know if it's that, if it's like a parting gift for everybody or whatever. And then I realized they open them up and they're championship rings and they're spinning in the box. Yeah. They are spinning championship rings. And not all the rings are the same. Oh, really? There I were some of them that. that looked different. Or just with different coloring. <laughs> summer League, of course. We can't get everything right in Summer League. Yeah, I don't know if uh, you don't watch too much hockey, Josh. I watch hockey when it gets to uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Okay, do you know the tradition in the playoffs? Whenever they win the conference championship. Uh-huh. So, uh, I forget what the divisions are. I think it's the East and the West. Western Conference, right. Western Conference final, right. and then the Eastern Conference final. Nobody will touch the conference final trophy. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's right. I no one will that. touch it. They don't want that one. They want the Stanley Cup. Uh-huh. I kind of wish they did that with Summer League. <laughs> I don't want this. <laughs> I want my contract. <laughs> well, I'm sure if you were a guy like nine down on the bench and you probably don't feel like a contract is coming your way. Like a, this might be the only trophy that I win as a professional. I guess I'll touch it. And I'll, I'll, I'll take the rings as someone who might play like six minutes I mean, a it, game. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Some, you, you like it. I mean, some would say a Hawaii bull ring isn't that cool, but I really love mine. 
you know, so bowls are different though. Like you earn your way to a bowl by having a winning season. Yep. You didn't earn your way into a summer league. Every team has a summer league team. And there's only six games, by the way. I don't think well, a yeah, ring is the deserving. They were they were five and zero going into. That's this right. Yeah. I don't think a ring is deserving for a six game league. Yeah, I'd agree with that. N- and not every team is even represented here. You know, here's what I want to know. If you are a team that wins one of these summer league trophies, and by the way, for anybody that cares, I don't think anybody does. I'm pretty sure it was the Houston Rockets that won uh, summer league. You're looking at me like, I don't know. No, it was the Cavs. Oh, okay. Come on, Josh. (laughs) Can you tell I wasn't watching summer league? (laughs) Why would I watch a bunch of guys that I don't know? Kamaka Hepa is not playing in the game because New Orleans is done. Yeah. Kamaka actually had a good game, by the way. Uh, last game he played, I think he scored six points. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't actually was not bad. Good for him. Yeah, Cavs won um, 99-78 for those who were betting on Summer League. But, um, yeah, I where, where do you put the trophy? Like, where does it go? Apparently you can put it on your arm. Looked like a like a tattoo sleeve. Is it what looked you're like an arm sleeve that was only finished about eighty percent. So you could like slide it through and then jingle it around a little bit. Okay. Um, do you put that with your other trophies? Like if you're the Cavs, you have a NBA championship, right? No. Yeah, they do with LeBron now. Yeah. Um, but do you? Where do you put that in relation to the Larry O'Brien Trophy? You pawn it off and then sell whatever <laughs> you can get for it to charity. You sell, That's the move. You sell it in exchange for a draft pick. You don't want that. <laughs> Come on. Hey, the uh, the Craig Angela Show is coming August first to ESPN Honolulu from Velocity Honolulu on Kapilani Boulevard. Get the latest scoops on UH Sports from Kanoa Lehi and Hawaii Athletic Director Craig Angelus in person or on ESPN Honolulu. It's Brought to you by the JN Group and HCAMP, the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program. Coming up, Joel Embiid. Could he be another Philadelphia 76er out early? You're listening to Off the Bench. That noise. Noise. Can't believe I called it that. Uh, That was Richard Jefferson earlier today on... uh, NBA Today on ESPN Television talking about Joel Embiid. Uh, more on that in uh, just a moment. It is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Did want to pass along something, uh, two things newsworthy. Uh, one on the sports side, one on the news side. On the uh, sports side, uh, Giants-Reds uh, has been suspended. Uh, that game was at the top of the eighth inning, uh, 2-2 score. They're going to uh, finish that game tomorrow. You can hear that. Uh, here on uh, on uh, or I'm sorry on CBS 1500 that will be at uh, 11:30 uh, Hawaii time before they play the regularly scheduled game tomorrow and then on the news side uh, this just came down tropical storm warning is now up for Hawaii Island as uh, Calvin approaches that usually is around like the 24 hour mark before you start to see some of those effects yeah so uh, that track is still taking it a little southward. 
but um, still some concern. I think they're saying 48 inches of rain, uh, potentially in the forecast still, uh, possible up to 10 uh, for windward sides of uh, Hawaii Island, but now a tropical storm warnings in effect. So uh, that is some of the more uh, newsworthy stuff. You heard Richard Jefferson talking about uh, Joel Embiid, and the reason why uh, Joel Embiid's name comes up is because Joel Embiid came up. He was at the Uninterrupted Sports Film Festival talking with Maverick Carter. And his goals for himself came up. And he said, and I quote, I just want to win a championship, whatever it takes. I don't know where that's going to be, whether it's in Philly or anywhere else. I just want to have a chance to accomplish that. I want to see what it feels like to win that first one. And then you can think about the next one. It's not easy, but it takes more than one or two, three guys. You've got to have good people around you and myself every single day. I work hard to be at that level so I can make it happen. So every single day, I'm working towards that. And then he later said, I understand the business. It's fun. At the end of the day, I think of it like this. I'm extremely blessed. Close quote. So you hear that. What do you, what do you, uh, what do you make of that? Um, it sounds like the process is changing a little bit. <laughs> Can no longer trust it. Yeah, I, I think uh, the process might include leaving Philly, and I think he's comfortable with that. Um, now, when you say that, by the way, do you think leaving Philly is on his terms or on Philly's terms? Like, I, how, how do you read that? I think it's more connected to Philly. Okay. I don't think he wants to leave uh, the 76ers, but, um, you know, there, there's a, a few looming questions right now. You know, is James Harden going to stay with the 76ers? Are they going to bring in another uh, prolific score to kind of uh, share the load? I, I don't know, but it, it does seem like his, um, his loyalty – to the 76ers is waning a little bit right now. Yeah, especially, I, I don't think the timing is insignificant. Also, this is the year that he just won MVP. Yeah. Because he proved that he is one of the best players on the planet and voted that he is the best player on the planet this year. Um, but it still wasn't enough. And when you look at the... What came out of the East? This would have been the year to try to make a try to make a go of it. It seems like loyalty is overrated. Mm. Um, Sadly, yeah. I mean, you look at at all the people who have come and gone from their respective teams, and, and I'm not saying that it's wrong. I mean, hey, how many people stay at one job their entire life? I've, I mean, I haven't had many jobs. This is like my second full time job in my entire life. Not a lot of people can say that. Not a lot of people can say that they want, worked at one place for the entirety of their adult lives. Yep. Um, you know, and that's not loyalty. That's you know trying to put food on the table. That's trying to follow your goals, your path, your career. And I think many times we we unfairly put that on professional athletes. As I mean, we should celebrate it when it happens. Um, but also realize that. When it doesn't, we shouldn't always just kind of chastise the person for for going somewhere else if if the situation makes sense, right? Um, 
and I, and I I find that in this case, Joel sees the writing on the wall. Ben Simmons gone. James Harden's as good as gone. Mm-hmm. Not I mean not not to say that there isn't some miracle that could happen, but he's watching or he has watched a dynamic passer who couldn't shoot a jump shot to save his life. And a dynamic all-around player both show their desires to not want to be there. And so you ask yourself, if you are the MVP and you don't know that being the MVP is enough to, um, you know, to, to transform a team into an NBA championship team, yeah. then what does it take? And if you don't, th- and when he references, you know, needing more than one, two, or three people, it tells me he believes he can't do it alone. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I see the writing on the wall in which Joel Embiid is no longer there. But I almost see, and I don't want to compare this to Damian Lillard because I don't I don't think it's fair. There are not as many years. Um, but I see Joel is loyal enough where Philadelphia may say, you know, we're close. We're not quite going to get there. And because of that, um, we may have to facilitate a trade. Well, it's funny that you bring up Damian Lillard. Do you, could you foresee the 76ers being a potential landing spot for him? What if they traded Harden over there along with a few other supplemental guys um, to equal the value of a Damian Lillard? I mean, could that be a recipe that got them into you know a deep playoff run and you know they roll the dice? I, I, I can't see a Harden for a Lillard trade. Uh, and and since you're, you're we're bringing it up on the fly here, uh, one thing we love is something called the NBA trade machine. <laughs> they have it on uh, on ESPN.com. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play the NBA trade machine here. James Harden for Damian Lillard. Try this trade. It says it failed because (laughs) it would take the Sixers over the luxury tax threshold and the incoming aggregate salaries exceed what's allowed via the 125% plus $100,000 rule. You'd have to cut about $6 million from what the trade, um, the six from what the Sixers would be sending. So basically, you couldn't match this up. Um, I think you'd, the Blazers would actually have to send more in order to, uh, in order to make the trade happen. Wow. So I, I I don't again I'm I'm not an, an expert on this whatsoever, but um, yeah you, you you couldn't really do it actually no I, I, yeah I think the Sixers would actually have to send more I don't know the NBA trade machine does the work for me I'm not uh, I'm not very good at this, but what I simply see here oh I I got one that works hey made one that works James Harden and PJ Tucker for Damian Lillard. Wow. It's not going to happen, though. <laughs> it's not going to happen at all. Um, point, I, I don't think the Blazers would make a deal for Lillard. I, I still think Lillard wants to go to Miami, and I think the Blazers will let this draw out as long as it can until they ultimately make Damian Lillard happy. Uh, but if you're Embiid, you can't help but but to notice the trend. And I, But I also think you have to ask yourself, because I see this as... Hey, let's, you know, I, I don't see blame placing, but I would ask Embiid, Joel, um, what have you taken away? Like, if I were to look internally, 
you've watched two really good players express their desire to leave. It's no secret Joel Embiid um, is tough. He asks a lot out of guys, and, and sometimes you see those disagreements, right? Yeah. Um, does part of why they don't want to be there him? Or mm-hmm. at the end of the day, is it just – is it front office? None of us will know the answer to it, but I always ask myself that when multiple people want to leave and the best player there remains. I mean, it's clear that it's his team. Yes. It's clear that they are building around – the big guy. Mm-hmm. That's a that, that's a that's a tough question to answer. the The only other guy that that starts to make me think of is Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. When rumors have come out that he is a tough guy in the locker room to to be around, right. um, not exactly unanimously well liked. Again, personalities. Everybody's got them. Everybody <laughs> has one. Everybody at that that level also has egos. Yes. And they're incredibly fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, it's t- tough to really say there. But, uh, you know, if you look at the the starting five of the 76ers, were, were they really going to get you a championship? No. No. I agree. So, But I think this is the closest they've been. Closest they've been, but when Milwaukee's healthy, no chance. Right. When the Celtics are making their threes, no chance. Bingo. Um, when, <laughs> when the Heat are in the playoffs and Jimmy Butler goes into playoff killer mode, no chance. Well, Jimmy Butler's always in playoff mode because uh, according to social media, he's dating Shakira. Wow. Okay. Hips don't lie. Nice. Josh has zingers. That... that- Josh that, has zingers on a Monday. That, I like it. That just went so dead. He's on tonight. Either either I made you guys fall asleep or you just were so disappointed that I took the easy way out on that one. Wow. Anyway. I don't know who's winning more in that one. According to Us Magazine, he makes her smile. <laughs> Good. Look. It was just Aww. it was just the first thing that came up on Google, okay? Because he I wanted to see if smile. it was fake news or not. Wow. Anyway. Um yeah, I don't I don't think Miami's getting back to uh, to where they were. Mm. I don't even think that with Damian Lillard. But the point remains. Um Joel Embiid wants something that I think we both agree he can't have in Philly. A ring. Yes. And Shakira. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I guess that, that leaves the question. How long are you willing? I mean, are you willing to be the guy that says, I don't want to be here because I know I've topped out? Like anybody at, at, at any workplace, if they feel like they've topped out and there's no room to grow, there's no room to advance, do you still want to be there? Or are you happy with just leveling out? Hmm. I, I kind of feel like that's going to be Joel Embiid, the most polite and professional please send me somewhere else would probably come from him in the next one, two years. I think you're probably right. It's one of those things that I, I would, I uh, would love for a ring to come to Philly. They've been looking for one for a long time. Mm-hmm. It could be a really fun story to kind of follow along, but 
they are going to need to make drastic moves to that roster in order to make that happen because it ain't happening right now. No, absolutely not. Uh, you can get in touch with us. You can text in our Zephyr Insurance text line at 808-296-1420. I don't know what's there right now because I left my phone in the other room, <laughs> which is probably a good thing based on the uh, the deadpan zinger I threw out there a few minutes ago. Uh, you can also call us at 808-296-1420. Plenty of ways to get in touch with us here in the program. It wasn't that bad. I didn't think so either. It just when I heard nothing but crickets from everyone here, I just thought it it, it came it was, off it to was me a, like it was a silence of appreciation or a silence of surprise. A little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Not a silence of disappointment that I sometimes get from my co-host, but that's okay. I think that's more surprise. Okay. Um, like every <laughs> every time you sing, I'm surprised. Oh, yep. Um, Hunter's got bars. You mean places you drink? Oh, Josh. Off the bench here on ESP and Honolulu traffic in a second. It is off the bench here on ESP and Honolulu. Good to have you with us. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco, all of our guests appear courtesy of the Aloha Kia hotline. All of our guests there, all of our texts come from the uh, Zephyr Insurance text line. Sean texts one for you, Hunter. You mentioned in the last hour um, the Summer League. Well, you were mentioning Summer League trophies and rings. Yeah. And that you kind of hope they'd be like, um, you know, at hockey when you win the Eastern or Western Conference final yeah. to get to the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. Not finals, final. Yeah. Had to get mad at local TV because local TV sports reporters, or I should I shouldn't say reporters. Some people were saying finals. Yeah, not true. Now it it's also not a fair comparison because not all the guys on that summer league team even have contracts yet. Yeah. So the the true win for a lot of those guys is just to make it on the team. Right. So Sean had a good text here. He says, Hunter, maybe whoever wins the in season NBA tournament can avoid touching the trophy in hopes of winning the real championship. I like that text. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Nobody will touch it because no one wants it. <laughs> they want the money that comes with it. They want the Golly. cash prize. Do the, we even know if there's going to be a trophy for that? Do you, do you want to know something that means less than an NBA Summer League title? The NBA in-season tournament. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you get $500,000... For winning the in-season tournament, each player, I, each, each player, I think it's okay. five hundred thousand. All right, I, I think I, I think they might value that. The NBA must, and I and I say must with all caps, Josh. M U S T must must tell us why they are doing this. Yeah, there has to be some incentive more than just a little bit of extra cash for the players, like. There has to be an automatic bid into the play-in tournament or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or um, an automatic bid into the first round of the playoffs. Because if if you can't give us the incentive, but you're just going to jam this into the first half of the season, right? Wh- why? I, I, don't, I still, I do not understand it in the slightest. They, the only thing that I have seen from the NBA is that they want to create this excitement over something and this is you know certain games um 
through the beginning of the year that count in the standings but are also technically like, you know, um, pool play games. And then you have your um, your semi and final in early December because the NBA knows there, you know, before you get to the postseason, there are really three dates that are watchable. Opening night because of the ring ceremony and all that. It's usually competitive. Christmas Day. Yep. Because what else are you doing? And that's usually kind of the quote-unquote beginning of the season. Right. And then the All-Star Game, which I even question how watchable that is, but it's more of a, a, a tent pole for being around the trade deadline. Yep. After that, you're going to watch a little bit because you've got games that mean something in the postseason. But for all those people who say baseball's too long, 162 games, blah, 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 basketball's unwatchable for the first 60. Yeah. And so this is what they're trying to do. They, you know, they want to get more money from television and they well, they want to get more people to watch. I get it. I mean, I, honestly, it sucks, but I get it. It's kind of similar to the beginning part of the golf season. Mm-hmm. No one cares about the Safeway Open. There's a Safeway Open. Exactly. <laughs> I th- no, I I thought that was a, a an LPGA event. No, exactly. Safeway Open is a real thing. It's usually the first tournament of the golf uh, the golfing tour a couple weeks after the commencement of the FedEx Cup. This it's is the that, first one on the calendar. This is how much we know about the Safeway Open. It's no longer called the Safeway Open. There we go. It's the Fortinet Championship. Oh, forgive me. Originally sponsored by Fry's Electronics. But it's a point exactly. Point exactly. There's a handful of tournaments during the fall, but until Tournament of Champions over on Maui, right. that is the quote-unquote beginning of the PGA season. That's right. So it's it's the the same thing with basketball. So I get that they're trying to get some excitement, but man, what I I hate to break it to you, NBA, and I'll be the first one to eat my words, Josh. It's gonna fall. It's gonna flop. I ate my words on the play in tournament. I thought it was horrible. It's actually turned out really good for the league. Mm. I mean, Look at Miami and the Lakers this last year. Worked for out real. good for them. Yep. Uh, the Craig Angeles Show is coming August 1st to ESPN Honolulu from Velocity Honolulu on Kapiolani Boulevard. Get the latest scoops on UH Sports from Kanoa Leahy and Hawaii Athletic Director Craig Angeles in person or on ESPN Honolulu. Brought to you by the JN Group and HCAMP, the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program. Traffic here, it's off the bench. Oh, final words are coming up, plus the most riveting part of the show, the M. Dyer Global Scoreboard. Here we go. When we ask, do you want Summer League scores? This is hey, this is the last time I get to do it today. That's true. Now the uh, Summer League Championship has been decided. Last time you get to crap on the Summer League. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Yep. Absolutely, yes. Yep. Um, our Zephyr Insurance text line, this one's really geared for you here. Um this is from uh, from Scott. Curious bench. They've just they've shortened our show. Already. Ooh. we're just bench now. Maybe not Johnny Bench because he's not necessarily in the news for very good reasons. No, he's not. So we'll, we'll assume that bench is for us. Yeah. Okay. Good. Are you guys watching or watched the QB series on Netflix? Ooh, yes, I am. Uh, you have. Mm-hmm. Um, I full disclosure. 
I do not have a Netflix account, and um, okay, because so thanks, but I think they can track that now. No, 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 they can't. Are you sure? VPN. We'll talk about it. Okay, later. great. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I don't have Netflix, so um, I can't. Uh, I can't watch this QB series with Marcus Mariota and uh, uh, Kirk Cousins and. Um, uh, Pat I, Mahomes. I, yeah, I did see one part on um, on Twitter though, and it was the playoff game where he got hurt. Tell me if this is actually part of the show because I'm assuming it was because yeah. it was a clip um, where he was begging to stay in the game because he got hurt. And um, they sent him to the locker room, and then he came back out. And he was running, limping on the field, and his wife was in the in the uh, booth. The booth, like, what does he think he's doing? Yeah, I don't. So that montage, what you're describing, is actually the intro to the oh. show. Okay, so that was just someone on on Twitter being lazy. Okay, no, it's okay. <laughs> um, I haven't gotten to that part of the show just okay. yet I, I only watched the first episode okay um so i think they just went through like week two for all those guys um but it's uh it's pretty good it's not scripted from what i can tell um which anytime environments like that are scripted and you're asking those guys to go out there and do their job is is steep for me but uh, thankfully, this is not like that. It's all hidden, hidden uh, microphones uh, getting um, live uh, feedback from them during game and practice environments. And I, I always appreciate whenever they incorporate NFL Films's cameras yeah, yeah. in their views. Um, for those that don't know, they they usually have a sky cam, and I say sky cam tongue in cheek. It, it is on top of the stadium where you're looking dead down onto the field, super easy to identify coverages from those angles. And they will flash to that at different points during the show um, to show some of their decision-making. Yeah, it's, it's been really good so far. Uh, Really in the first episode, they, they dive into each of the, um, the three quarterbacks, uh, home and family lives. Um, and so obviously Marcus became a dad this last year. Right. And so, um, they, they jumped in on that, um, as well as the transition in his career where, um, his offensive coordinator became his coach, um, in Atlanta and was right. kind of following his career, um, the whole time he's been in the NFL. So, um, that was really cool to see. Um, and then the, the other, the other thing that we, discovered was that uh, Kirk Cousins did, does not dress himself. Oh, really? His wife dresses him. He swears that he wants all of his decision-making, all of his decision-making to go into football. And so when it comes to dressing himself, he allows his wife to do that. Josh has a very kind of perplexed and annoyed look on his face, and I'm with you because the first outfit that they put him in, or they, that his wife put him in, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was horrible. <laughs> and he got all kinds of flack on Twitter for it, and deservedly so. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll try to find it for you. It was a hideous this'll, yellow this'll plaid. Be, uh, yeah, this will be great for radio. Um, uh, as we both together go and look for uh, Kirk Cousins' outfit. Um, anyway, <sighs> okay, this, this is why I gave you the face is that 
I will readily admit. Look at that shirt. That's not. It looks like he's going to a fish boil. Yeah, that's not overly terrible. If you can rock plaid, and he, he can't rock plaid. <laughs> well, I I think what what it looks, looks like Tim Duncan. <laughs> Well, from the 05 play, uh, finals. The the thing that looks worse, honestly, is that he's rocking this yellowish plaid shirt with a purple backdrop. Exactly. I think it's the purple backdrop that screws it up. See, th- okay, this is why I gave you the face. I will readily admit that I have zero style. Zero. And it is known uh, throughout the house that I have zero style. And but 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 I do not seed decision making on what I wear. I will accept criticism. But you still dress yourself. Yeah, I dress Take myself. Take full responsibility. I dress myself and when it looks bad, I will be told and then I will change. That's right. Because I have no style, readily admit. And if someone has better style than I do and they see it and are looking out for my best interests, then I will understand and I will change. Yeah, you're not a child. No, I'm not. Your wife is not your mom. No. No. Yeah. You you, you do not leave dignity at the door. Right. You, you are a grown man and in that household, Kirk Cousins pays for everything. <laughs> Oh, we don't. What, his wife doesn't have a job. I, I, I they didn't get, go into that. But you're an NFL quarterback. Dress yourself. Yeah. That 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 needs all the decision making to go into football. Well, hey, l- let me break it to you. Break it down to you. You didn't make the best decisions last year. No. So m- maybe just dress yourself, and you know, in the words of Dion, when you look good, you feel good. You feel good. You play good. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that that was that was my one gripe with the first episode where I'm like, man, I've I've lost even more respect for this guy. I have another thing on that though. Um, if I if I was the wife, um, I would be, I would be a little annoyed that, you know, my husband's like, my only, you know, my my only decision making is going to be on football, mm. because. That means all the pressure of the real world stuff is being put on her. And I don't care how much, how good you are in football or how much you make. Don't you still have to be a contributing factor right. to the still decisions? still have to be alive. And you can't say that your contributing factor is dollar bills. Your contributing factor should be part of the decisions. That sounds really, really messy. Yep. How about that? But we can't really hold him to much of a standard. He went to Michigan State, so it's okay. Anyway, what else did you take from that episode? (laughs) Um, Found out, uh, again, like I I I feel like we're on uh, the E! channel or something like that because the first episode was less about football and way more about each of these characters' uh, personal lives. Found out that Mahomes and his now wife uh, knew each other in seventh grade. Oh, that's that's nice. Yeah, they go all the way back to then. I kind of figured that would come up, though. Mm-hmm. That's part of the storytelling. That's right. And uh, they were refreshingly private about Marcus and his home life. Mm-hmm. Although, like, they, they showed him and his, his wife, and they're, they're about to have a baby and that kind of stuff. I, I appreciate 
if they're able to keep some of that on on lock for these guys. Yeah. There there there's certain there's certain levels of um celebritism that I don't think everybody should get the opportunity to see. Um some some levels of privacy is necessary. So I, I appreciated that for at least Marcus's storytelling. Yeah, I that can be a hard balance. I try to think of it not as a, a football player, but just as a, a, a father or a soon-to-be father. Like, do you want your child's first images to be all over television? Mm. Or do you want to keep that moment of birth in the first few days and months, just kind of just keep that within yourself? Yeah. I think there, you know, the, the plus thing about seeing that is there – there are so many instances of child stars and just children in general yeah. who find themselves on TV, not because they want to, but because their parents had, had no wherewithal to be like, yeah, maybe this isn't a good idea yeah. to, to have that on TV and how it affects them the rest of their lives. Like you'd want to see a kid be able to go to class and sometimes not have to answer every day. Are you Marcus Mariota's child yeah. or whatever it is? Like you'd like to go to class and just be a be a kid. Yeah. What was it like being Macaulay Culkin on Ooh. Home Alone? You know what I mean? Like yeah. that level. Um, I'll bring you back to football just for a second. Um, Shucks. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're gonna take a break from the E Channel. We'll after the break, maybe we'll bring it back. But uh, um, week one, whenever. The Falcons played the Saints. It was Marcus's first start for the Falcons. Um, they played a really good game. They were around ha- um, ha- midfield, had about a yard to, to make a first down, and he made an audible in that play. It was inside of a minute. And from the camera angle, I didn't remember this happening, but I thought he needs to get more under center. It doesn't look like his hands are fully under there. And what ended up happening, he fumbled the snap. Mm. So it, it was one of those things just as as a quarterback, I was looking at that going, he must have really big hands because it doesn't look like he's all the way under there and the, the fumble ended up costing him the game. Wow. So, yeah, really good series. I'm I'm excited to watch some more of it. It's refreshingly much different than Hard Knocks. Because um, Hard Knocks is really just around football and not much else. Yeah, it, it's, it's heavy on football with – a little bit of family and off the field stuff that this seems to be vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. Uh, this is also notable because today hard knocks made it official. It is the, uh, the jets. Mm. Um, if you were to watch hard knocks. Yeah, what, I will what, be. What, well, yeah. What do you want to see when, when you turn on hard knocks? Like if you had to ask the producers, what they what you want them to give to you what would that be mm. Josh always asks great questions that put me on the spot um yeah we we really rehearse this we yeah. I want to see a lot of Aaron Rodgers oh do you I do oh this is a 180 it's a car crash that I have to watch happen okay at this point um, I thought you, you really could get enough of. Uh... And from a from an athletic standpoint, I can't get enough watch watching him play football. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, and how he throws throws the football. It's how I want to throw when I grow up. So <laughs> I love it. 
that that side of it, I, I would love if they maybe Hard Knocks usually just does like a deep dive into the now yeah. rather than the before or the after. They they really just do the now being in being in camp. I would love to maybe see a little bit more of the um, off season transactions of Rogers' wish list because that was oh, very public. Right. Yeah, and bringing on some of his favorite players from around the league and that kind of stuff. I, I, it would be interesting if they did kind of a deep dive into that because that was kind of unprecedented. I want to see Aaron Rodgers, when he gets in camp, his first back and forth with the New York media. Ooh. Yeah, I, I want to see how he handles that because the New York media is very different than the uh, Green Bay slash Milwaukee media. Um. I'd love to see that, and then uh, I, I want to see how Robert Sala and the offensive coaching staff just handles, you know, all of that. Um, you know, how different are they given that, you know, you're handing the keys to a, an all-timer as compared to a— And an all-time character at that, too. Yeah, so how, how does that change everything? That's what I'm curious about. Uh, so, yeah, Hard Knocks, HBO, and Max— uh, we'll have that coming up, I think, starting next month. Yeah. So that should be kind of fun. All right. Um, M. Dyer Global Scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global, moving Hawaii into the future. NBA Summer League. Eh, you don't really need to know the score. You just need to know that Cleveland got a trophy and some rings. Uh, meantime, uh, top of the seventh inning, we go to baseball. New York Yankees with a 2-1 to one lead on the Los Angeles Angels because we know the Angels would find a way to lose anything. Uh, Shohei Otani, 2-2 two for two with a walk, a batting average of 305. Uh, he does have that blister he's been working through, apparently. Uh, Seattle, 5-3 lead on the Minnesota Twins as they're heading to the seventh inning. Giants and Reds, a uh, game in the top of the eighth inning has been suspended uh, due to rain. That will be uh, continued tomorrow. Uh, first pitch, 1140, and then they will play the full game um, after that. Uh, that game tied at two. And if you're looking for uh, wah, 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 nice. got one, uh, Rangers, 3-2 win over the Tampa Bay Rays. And how did it all happen? A walk-off wild pitch. Wow. Yeah. I mean, hey, the Rays don't lose very often. So when you lose, lose it in spectacularly bad fashion. Three to two, uh, Rays over the Rangers. That's your M. Dyer Global scoreboard. M. Dyer Global always on the move. Traffic in seconds. Final words coming up. It's off the bench. Hey, Freddie and Fitzsimmons is coming up here on the other side. It's the last time I'll, I'll see you this week. That's right. Uh, you've got Tanner with you tomorrow because uh, I get into Vegas. I think we arrive just before 2, and uh, I do not trust being uh, how much I have traveled, how much I, I have thought, you know, I can make it at this time. And then you realize, no, you can't. Mm. Um, so, because I initially thought, I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I initially thought, oh, I can get into Vegas and then uh, I can join you for the show from the hotel room. And then I looked yesterday, and I saw the time when we arrive, and it said one fifty Hawaii time. And I thought, okay, get my bags, get the rental car, get to the hotel in traffic, no less. And I probably won't get there by three, and I probably won't be prepped. So. Um, lucky for you, 
Uh, did I say Freddie and Fitzsimmons is next? The Brotherhood's up next. I apologize. Thank you, Tiff. Um, yeah, I, I, I won't do tomorrow's show. So Tanner will be with you. Uh, I will be with you from Vegas, however, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So we'll nice. have fun. And then I won't see you in person until Monday. So don't miss me too much. <laughs> um, Wednesday, we'll have um, the players version from Mountain West Media Day. So we'll have a bunch of interviews, including um, Eliki Tanuvasa and Logan Taylor. Those interviews will be a part of Wednesday's show from uh, 3 to 5. And then Thursday will be the coaches' uh, outing. So um, we'll have all the coaches between uh, Sports Animals in the morning and our show. Uh, Timmy Chang is going to be a part of our setup nice. from uh, from 3 to 6. So that will be uh, a lot of fun. And don't forget, season tickets on sale uh, starting today for University of Hawaii football. All right, uh, Hunter, final words starting with you. Uh, the NFL – uh, league executives, coaches, scouts, and players came out with their top 10 list of quarterbacks. Oh, wonderful. And I have no qualms with the top 10. None. Okay. Pat Patrick Mahomes, number one. Joe Burrow, number two. Josh Allen, number three. Aaron Rodgers, number four. Justin Herbert, number five. Jalen Hurts at six. Lamar Jackson at seven. Trevor Lawrence at eight. Dak Prescott at nine, and Matthew Stafford at ten. Wow. Well, I, I guess I can find my qualm. Lamar Jackson's too low. Really? Yeah. I'd put I'd put him above Herbert. I'd put him above uh, above Josh Allen right now. And Dang. actually, I'd put Josh Allen above Aaron Rodgers. He is, Josh Allen is at three. Oh, Rodgers okay. is at four. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'd put. I'm sorry. Um, I wouldn't put him above Allen. I'll put him above Rodgers. Okay, so because if this were Aaron Rodgers ten years ago, I would agree. It's not Aaron Rodgers ten years ago, so Lamar Jackson, I think, has to go above him. Yep. Trevor Lawrence, though, at eight. There's a few other guys that I'm thinking about. Mm. Like they, uh, well, they got Dak and they got Stafford. Oh, but Tua didn't crack the top ten. I could see that though. Uh, Kyler Kyler Murray didn't crack the top ten. Yeah, that's hard. I I would I would consider Kyler being higher. The thing with Tua, um, his time in the NFL just has had too many injuries. Right now, he's he's a quarterback based on a lot of potential, and um, and and that's somewhat unfortunate. And Fields isn't proven just yet. Yeah. Yep. Um. So I I I get it. That's that's a rare list that we don't really have. Uh, <laughs> we don't really have big thoughts and feelings on i know it's just like all right i could see that yeah um kudos to them uh, a, a non-agenda and no list. and no drama yes i agree because you know that we would normally sometimes the power drama. rankings are ridiculous yeah yeah they are but uh that's uh, they they do that for uh they they do that for us yeah they really do uh my final words i'm just gonna go away from sports for a second CBS announced their fall lineup, mm. which includes some college football Saturdays in primetime, which they said SEC, Big Ten, and the Mountain West. No way. They've got programming to fill. The actors are on strike. There are That's no right. shows being made. The writers are on strike. Nothing's being made. But you know what I will say? Yellowstone on Sundays for two hours. You've seen that, right? I have. There's going to be some heavy editing that needs to be done to get Yellowstone on broadcast TV, but I'm excited for that. <laughs> uh, have fun tomorrow. Uh, the Brotherhood next.